Hi everyone, welcome to Aberrant Behavior. I'm your host, Christabel. Today on this episode, I wanted to tackle a subject matter that is a difficult one to tackle because it is such a personal thing, religion. Um, In fact, I recorded this podcast before, um, but I just had to re-record it because I thought that I was basically not doing the subject justice. And I think the reason why is because I was so trepidatious to record it, again, because it's such a personal subject matter. And the the topic of religion is one that has had, or just religion in general, has had a big impact in my life that I feel like this, my life story will be incomplete without sharing my experience. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness and I was baptized at 13 and I remained a Jehovah's Witness till I was 28. Religion brought me so much comfort for such a long time. I have always been a very inquisitive person. I had a lot of queries about life, about life, ex- like, uh, you know, the experience of life as we know it as human beings, a lot of it seemed unfair to me. So religion answering the questions I had by way of, you know, biblical explanations brought me a lot of comfort. Some of those questions are questions that I still have today. Uh, why are we here? Why do we get old, sick, and die? Why are there hungry children? Why is there sickness? Why is the earth being misused to such a large extent by, you know, human? So, yeah, these questions, you know, there were Bible, there were scriptural explanation for why we're, why we grew, why we grow old and die, why we get sick, and the plan that God has for the future. And I was like, okay, okay, it's for a purpose. I can do it. I can suffer through this, this mere human existence as I wait for the real life, as, as it was called, you know, the, the life in paradise where you get to live without sickness and death. There's a scripture in Revelation 21 that was always so comforting to me. The scripture talks about how there'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more, there'll be no more old age and that we will all live in peace and happiness and tranquility under God's rule. It was really hard to let go of those beliefs. What I struggled with was that the religion that taught me all these wonderful things that God's kingdom was going to do for mankind also told me that I wasn't good enough. It told me that I wasn't good enough as I was. And, you know, a lot of people, I'm really appreciative and proud of, say, non-denominational churches and churches that seek to be all-inclusive. But the way I approached religion, especially Christianity, was 
if the Bible is the if if the Bible is the guidebook for this particular religion, then we can't pick or choose which part of this guidebook that we like and don't like. I know we may differ on that. We may absolutely differ on that, um, and that's okay, but that's just not what I believe or feel. So while I know there are churches today who are all accepting of homosexuality and love is love and we welcome everyone and we like you just as you are because God loves you just as you are, it never really resonated with me and it still doesn't resonate with me because the scriptures make it clear and not just the Old Testament, but the New Testament makes it clear that homosexuality is considered a sin in the Christian doctrine. It makes it clear that if you're someone who is practicing homosexuality, you will not inherit God's kingdom. So the reason why I, when I left religion, I felt like I had to give it all completely up as far as Christianity is concerned, I had to give it all completely up because I couldn't read the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that says uh, homosexuals will not inherit God's kingdom and just skip a few books later in Revelation 21 that describes what everlasting life is supposed to be like, how wonderful everlasting life is supposed to be like. And just say, okay, no, I don't believe the Second Corinthians, I, or I choose not to accept the Second Corinthians um, scripture, but I choose to um, accept the Revelation um, scripture because that brings me joy, and the Second Corinthians brings me pain. I couldn't reconcile both worlds. So to me, on my journey of self discovery, self discovery and self acceptance, if I had to. See if I had to make the choice between being myself, loving myself fully in this world that I am inhabiting, that I know, and a future world that is out there possibly, I decided to choose here and now. It was a really hard decision, and I didn't get to that decision lightly. And I didn't get to that decision on my own, really. I think I had already been in therapy for a year before I came out. I had been in therapy for a year before I said, I can't reconcile me living as a gay woman with me going to church every Sunday where I hear that being a gay woman was a sin I needed to repent from. I could not reconcile both things. And so I made the decision to give it all up altogether. So of course, The questions that the Bible answered for me and had been answering for me for 28 years of my life, those questions I had to basically find new answers to. I had to discover for myself what I believed without using the Bible as my guidebook. I think the Bible has many great um, aspects to it, like the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave 
was such a beautiful sermon. It's such a beautiful sermon on acceptance and love and and just living in harmony in a community, helping each other. So that's such a beautiful uh, sentiment expressed in the Bible. However, <laughs> I when I got to an understanding that my decision or my life, the, the person I am within me, the person I did not choose to be, which is this person who loves women, who wants to build a, build a life with a woman, who wants, to, who wants to grow a family with a woman, will never be fully accepted within my church or also would not be fully accepted by the Bible. If, if even if I moved churches to another church that accepted homosexuality, in my head, as long as they used the Bible still as their guidebook, I just could never feel accepted. So it was almost like I had a midlife crisis. I had, or a quarter life crisis at 28, 29, where I had to begin to look to myself for answers. And this is something that I even struggled with because it was like, I have been taught for so long not to trust my own thoughts. I think there's a scripture in James that talks about the human heart is, you cannot trust, is deceitful, that you cannot trust your heart. So how can I, how could I suddenly begin to trust that what I felt within me, what I now know as intuition and innate knowing, if I couldn't trust that, what was, what was left for me? So yeah, it was a pretty painful moment period in my life because as I predicted, when I came out, I lost all my family and friends. Yes, Jehovah's Witnesses are a little bit stricter when it comes to enforcing these um, biblical mandates, such as do not associate with people who uh, do not serve God as they serve him. Um, they're pretty strict in enforcing those mandates. So yes, I lost most of my, most of my friends and my family, which essentially was mostly my mom is who is, and she's a devout Jehovah's witness told me she has never been disappointed more in her life than when I came out. In fact, actually, when I married my wife, she told me that she had never felt such depression as she felt when she saw my pic- my wedding pictures. So this, it wasn't just in my head that they were going to reject me. It actually happened. So not only did I not have the religion that I had come to rely on for so long, I didn't have my friends and I barely had my family. So I really had no choice but to go inward. I had to go deep within me to find out who I was, who I am underneath all the layers of conditioning, underneath my religiosity, underneath my familial expectations and societal expectations. You know, and I, it, it's not just that I was that I am gay, that I was gay. No, it's not just that I'm gay. It's that, 
there was no room for me at all to be, to live that life authentically. And coupled with, you know, the religious stuff and the family stuff, I also had a cultural component that I had to contend with because I am African and Africans are not tolerant of gay people. They're it's, it's things are, you know, Africans in the diaspora are better about it, but they're still deeply homophobic. They are still deeply homophobic. And so to be out and out like on Facebook or my WhatsApp groups, my WhatsApp groups were made up of the kids I went to school with. That was a that was another difficult thing I had to, you know, navigate. And most of these kids their homophobia is based on them being Christian. I remember when I came out and I think I had changed my WhatsApp picture or something. I was, I was appalled by the things that these former schoolmates of mine would say about me and other gay people in the WhatsApp group. So I literally had to tell them off delete them and block them because I could not, I, I, and also I deleted almost everyone I was friends with on Facebook, almost everyone, because up until then, most of my friends had been devout Christians or Jehovah's Witnesses because I wasn't really allowed or it wasn't acceptable for me to have friends with people that, you know, we, they call them worldly people, people who did not serve Jehovah. So I had to delete all of those people. I had to block all of all of those people. A lot of them came to me and said, we would love you and accept you if only you would come back to God. If on, that God loves you, he made you and he wants you to live a righteous path and denounce your ways and come back to him. And I was like, man, that made me so angry. It made me so angry, angry enough for me to say, I don't care about your religion. I don't care if this is truly how you feel that you have to be because of God. I do not want to be any part of that. No more. I, for the first time, my eyes opened up to the conditional love that existed amongst these groups. It was just purely conditional love. It was, we will love you and cater to you and be friends with you and, and invite you to our home only if you are this way. And I had been in that. So I didn't realize that I was, I was, I had been a part of them for a really long time that I didn't realize that these were viewpoints I, I too held. In fact, when I go back and look at my posts from years and years ago, it was all about me, con, you know, condemning other people. Oh, how can you say you're a Christian when you are um, involved in premarital sex? How can you say you love God when you are out here pursuing wealth and material gains? I was also so judgmental, so deeply judgmental. And I realized that that was no way for me to be. If there is indeed a creator, 
I just believe deep within that that is not what they want us. That is not how they want us to operate, to judge people so thoroughly and with such um, disdain. And so, yeah, I'm so grateful that I had the support of my therapist. I am so glad that I I had that support because that support enabled me to begin to do the work to believe that I am innately worthy. I remember even after I came out for like a year or a couple years after that, my thought process was, okay, I'm a sinner. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm, you know, I like women. That makes me a sinner. I guess this is my sin. We all have our sin. And if this is my sin, and if this, if this is the reason why I will not inherit God's kingdom, then so be it. I will take my punishment. I will take my sin and I will just, and I will just have to live with it. So I still believe that I was this sinner who was not worthy of um, a fully happy life. And it took me a really long time to get away from that thought process, to, to just say, what is sin? Like, to begin with, what the heck is sin? Who determines? Who determines that I, this person who just loves so generously and so freely, is such a, a is such a sinner because sinner has no positive connotation to it. Like when you're a sinner, you're not a great person, especially when you are involved in what people would term willful sin, i.e. sin that you're not repentant from. Because God knows I certainly was not repentant from loving the woman I loved. Every night I went to bed with her was the best night I ever had. And I had been with men my whole life before that. So not only was it unfair to the men I had been with, because if you ask any of them, they will tell you that Christabel was perhaps asexual. But I wasn't. I just was not interested in men. I did not love men like that. Um, so even when I married a man, I went off of, okay, he meets these criteria. He's a, he's a nice person to me. Um, he, 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 he's ambitious. He goes to the same church. We, we speak the same language. We like the same foods. These were the things I, I was ticking off as I was making the decision whether to marry him or not. So Yeah. I just decided to stop looking at myself as this sinner who needed to basically live their life working off sin, working for approval, be it the approval of God or the approval of my mother. And when I did that, and since I have been on the journey of doing that, I have had so, so much peace the things that I used to do, the harmful behavior that I used to perpetrate, the anger that was ever present that I couldn't get rid of, I am able finally to tackle those things, to use therapy and meditation and intentional spirituality. In fact, I am the most spiritual that I've ever been. 
I was certainly a very good Christian by, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to describe a good Christian by, do you read your Bible? Do you go to church? Are you nice to people? Do you make monetary contributions to the congregation? I was a good Christian, but I am now a good, like I am a better person than I've ever been. I live with empathy I don't just go around judging people. I say, okay, we all have our we all have our traumas. We all have our idiosyncrasies. We all have um, certain conditioned behavior that we have evolved into to help us cope with our trauma and cope with life, and that is okay. I can, I can love people. I can actually see people beyond labels. I, I don't just go around thinking, oh, they're gay or I'm not supposed to associate with them because they do this or they do that or they do that. I can just see people as people who have their own struggles and who as much as I do, and we're all just trying to figure it out together. And this is something, this outlook on life was something religion could never, did not give me. It was only through the work that I, you know, I decided to do on myself. It was only through intentionality was I able to get to a place where I can love myself in order to love other people. And I'm so grateful for that journey. I'm not saying that this is the journey anyone else has to take. But if you're someone who have struggled with similar issues, I'm just sharing my journey to say, hey, this is how it was for me. And this is this, these are the steps I took to be able to get to, a play, to the place I am now. And these are the steps I'm still taking as I keep evolving on a day-to-day basis. My story might help you as you are also embarking on your journey. And so, yes, I mean, do religion if it works for you. But let me just say that there is, there is such a thing as causing harm to others despite intention. So if your religion or your beliefs leads you to inadvertently or intentionally even cause harm to other people, it might be worth re-examining. I remember when I was getting married to my, my ex-wife, I, we had a really close friend that we had invited to our wedding. She was our great friend. She would come to the house. We would have meals together. We, we, we did a lot together. She was an intimate friend. However, when we invited her to the wedding, she said she unfortunately couldn't make it because she does not believe in gay marriage. I was devastated. I was so shattered because I I did not see it coming. So basically it was that she was okay associating with us in the back rooms as it were. But when it came to just showing up to be our support and a witness to us, she said, I don't support, I don't support gay marriage and I cannot be there. I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. So... If you're religious and you cause this kind of harm on people you say are your friends or your family, I think it might be worth re-examining. 
Because I don't think that the future we're, we're going into, the, the new world that we, we're creating on a collective level has any room for any sort of hate just based on something as <laughs> simple as sexuality. Something that the person cannot control. If you're raising children and telling them that the worst thing that they can be is to be gay, and you're doing this because you feel like you have to do this in order to inherit God's kingdom or in order to be found favorable in the eyes of God, I would ask you to reconsider that viewpoint. The worst thing that can happen to your kid, one of the worst things that can happen to your kid is them killing themselves because they feel like you will not accept them if they were gay. And no, telling your kid that it's okay if they're gay will not make them gay. (laughs) Just going to let you know that in case you did not know, It's not just a matter of exposure. In fact, it's not a matter of exposure at all. You either like same-sex people or you don't. It is so innate and has nothing to do with how many times you told them it's okay and you love them regardless of who they love. And so that's really what I wanted to talk about because... Fortunately, I'm in a better place now. I am consistently growing. I'm deepening my practice. Um, my spirituality is deepening with each passing day. I can truly full and fully trust myself more than I ever have. I do not believe that I'm innately flawed. I do not believe that I have to earn love. I believe in unconditional love um, as far as like things that people can't control, like sexuality, it has it has nothing to, it has no impact on their on their worthiness or their lovability. And if you're someone who um, is trying to make that journey to a place where you can be accepting of yourself and others. I suggest therapy. I suggest therapy. I suggest um, reading, looking for books and articles that can help you begin to do the work. I suggest meditation and journaling. I'm going to put some resources in the description box of ways that you can perhaps begin to take the journey if it's something that you're called to do. Well, I love you. Um, I'm excited for your journey. I'm excited to hear and see. And I'm excited for a world that is more inclusive and um, has less hate in it, especially from the people we love the most. Until next time, be well.